Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid back way. So sit back, relax, unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. We here at Stories the True and the Fictional love giving shout-outs to authors, both seasoned and new. So today we're giving a special shout-out to novelist MJ Clark from Mid-North South Australia. She has three books available, The Optometrist, Sugar Shack, and a good husband. Everything you need to know about her and her books can be found on her website, meganjclark.com. Check it out by following the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to this episode of Story Trap, guys. Today we have someone all the way from Dublin, Deirdre Murphy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to come on and have a chat with us. We're going to start off with some icebreaker questions just to get to know you, and uh, then we'll get stuck into the reason we've got you on. So the first question is, if you could get rid of one thing in this world, what would it be? I would have to say I would get rid of capitalism. That'd be number one. I would get rid of the profit motive, like it's what's wrecking the place. Cool. Trade up. Can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of greed in the world, isn't there? There's a lot of greed in the world. But it's like, a, it's like I think it's an educational thing, you know? It's just like it's how we've been socialized, and so that's how, yeah. how it turns out. Yep. Rip out the roots, I think. Cool. Well, I'm sure we'll crack into your musical about the topic when, in, in a bit. Um, <laughs> second question on the list is, what's something that's on your bucket list? Something that is on my bucket list. I guess me personally, like what's on my bucket list? Uh, I want to, honestly, like, this is a little bit abstract maybe, but I want to like plumb the depths of my personality and like plumb the depths of what I'm capable of. Um, Cause I don't know what that is yet. And I just want to keep on like waiting in, like I want to keep on waiting into what I want to do. I want to keep on waiting into like the world at large. Uh, I want to travel for sure, but the, I don't. I don't really have like a specific like target location for my travel right now. I just want to like do everything and <laughs> <laughs> let that take me where it where it takes me. You know. I suppose. I suppose that that's a that's a really good answer because you know for the last couple of years we've kind of been limited in what we could do in terms of travel and you know and and getting out and about and. And even sometimes getting out of our own state. So, I think I think you know a lot of people are thinking, you know, what this is it's going it's going to do wonders for tourism. I think people are going to mm-hmm. want to get out and explore the world now that uh, we've had two two years or more than two years of being told you can't go anywhere. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's a really good thing. You know, I just I I I just travelled a couple of weeks ago, just even just two and a half hours outside of Sydney you know, just up mm-hmm. the coast, and even that felt like a, a massive thing, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> All those times of being told, no, you need to stay in and stay at home, and 
you know. So hopefully that's I, that's all on the we're, we're heading back in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully so. I get to go to Clare tomorrow. Oh, lovely! Kilkenny, so that's pretty exciting. There you go. <laughs> the other side of the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely! No, it's just, I haven't made my way over there yet, but my wife tries to. to she tries to go over you know, at least every 18 months to visit family. So mm. yeah, I want to make it to, I want to make it to the Blarney Stone one day. <laughs> <laughs> when I kissed the Blarney Stone when I was like 15 or something, there was like, I don't know. It felt like there was like an 85 year old man who was the one who like held your ankle. She's got a photo of her mum sort of holding her over just to try and reach out to her. So, uh-huh. Beautiful over there. Have to make an effort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, the next question is my favourite question. And it is a question that we do judge very harshly on. In your mind... Uh, what and this could be a two-parter. What is the greatest sitcom ever made? And if it's not your favorite, what is your favorite? Mm-hmm. A two-part question. Um, well, I have had like I tend to watch dramatic things rather than things that make me laugh for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but I think I decided on Gravity Falls. Yeah, Gravity Falls. Have seen that. But I think it's so funny and mm-hmm. like it's just hilarious basically i think i laughed my yeah. my oh, left my heart out <laughs> oh definitely that's okay. we do um, get that on disney plus over here so we, we we have been i think we've got a couple of seasons on it at the moment so mm, yeah it's excellent so yep continue on um i really liked brooklyn 99 i thought it was yes. quite hilarious um but i haven't seen like the big ones i haven't seen friends Mm-hmm. I haven't seen like I think my childhood let me down in some ways because I grew up with like we're all Alaskan television network Ratnet and um, <laughs> we didn't there wasn't a whole lot and then my parents like were very restrictive with the television mm-hmm. and so I didn't really see much growing up and I think I have lived without it like I've lived without television for my entire adult life okay. also um, I do have Netflix um, mm-hmm. but I don't but I don't have television and I never really have um, that's a challenging question for me. <laughs> it would be, yes. <laughs> but no, I think it's, I mean, look, I'm a massive breeder, so I think we've just been conditioned to take, you know, we've got so many options. I mean, growing up, we had what, uh, we would have had four channels, Jamie. Yeah. Four channels growing up, you know. And I now agree. you look at, yeah. yeah, yeah, we did exactly, yeah. And, and now you look at it and there's so many different options and I think we're all just gobsmacked in, like we've got so much choice, so many choices. But I mean, I'm a massive, 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 massive reader, so I don't watch. I I, I sort of don't watch too much because I'd much rather just go outside and read a book if I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, I'm also a big reader. Yeah, yeah, I could tell from your bookshelf there. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's just one of three. Oh, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, so, are you a fan of the, uh, you know, the EastEnders, the Coronation Street? You didn't, you, did you, you didn't grow up on that, did you? Didn't grow up on that. Mm-mm. No, never have seen them like, even. No. No, I'd never watched an episode until I met my wife, and that's a, <laughs> that was a staple in their household growing up in in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, EastEnders and your Coronation Street. You know, Jamie, that's like our home and away. And yeah, I'm aware. Neighbors and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I just uh, just wondered if you, but obviously you've escaped that. Because yeah, moving the, here as an adult, I never got the chance to like really sink <laughs> into that. 
and then I just never I just never have I find it really I find television really just grabs me in a way that I that I that I having having not really been exposed to it all that much growing up I find it just really distracting like I and I like I obviously there's value in like tuning out as well there's value in tuning into something but uh but I don't do it that much yeah yeah, no, that's a it's a good way to have. Don't let it consume you. I mean, I suppose I'm where I'm I'm 40 myself, so I didn't grow up in a time where we just sat down and watched TV all the time. We actually went outside and played. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the kids nowadays, you know, unfortunately, are getting stuck into that yeah. rut yeah. where they're just put in front of a TV screen, and that's the babysitter, and that's the you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, starting to sound my... like an old man having a rant, so I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, love, I spend as much time outside as we can. You know, it's just we. I've got a nice little, nice little front yard where I can go and read a book, and I do that. You know, try and do that at least once every weekend. Okay. Shall we move on to the zombie apocalypse? Do you have a plan? <laughs> I do indeed. It involves, <laughs> first of all, living on an island. And I've got you that have. one down. <laughs> like there is the border from the north, which could prove problematic, but you know, I'm willing to take my chances. And then second, I'm going to assemble a zany band of like all of my friends who are mm-hmm. like acrobats and um, musicians and uh, massage therapists and uh, <laughs> like really tough people, you know? And um I'm planning on being the the mm-hmm. tribal warlord because um, I think I've got a lot of capacity that I haven't really explored in that uh, in that direction. Um, and then probably by the time it's also in my plan that by the time the zombie apocalypse happens, we will have definitely like all moved mm-hmm. down to the country and uh, established like that big commune that everybody in the whole world seems to want to establish. <laughs> <laughs> and we will have had time to build like a really solid wall, do a lot of gardening. Yeah, and then we're just gonna, I think we're just gonna ride it out. Live off the land. Fun. Yeah, I mean, like if the tribal warlord thing like has to happen, like yeah. I'm willing to go there. And you're gonna, you're gonna have that moment where <laughs> if, it, if something does happen and you have to go into tribal warlord mode where you just get the paint and you just wipe it on and then it's switch. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. You have to have that distinguished. See the ferocity exactly. in my eyes. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the ferocity in my eyes will probably be enough, actually, and then I don't really have to do much else. Like the zombies will quake before me. Uh, well, see that. See that. Is, that's way more interesting than The Walking Dead. I'd much rather watch that. So, <laughs> um, okay. The last of the icebreaker questions. This is a big one. So, Mr. Elon Musk calls you up. He has invented a new electric time machine, and he wants you to be the first person to test it out. What would you do, and where would you go? I think I would definitely go forward um, into the future. Um, if I could land myself on a spaceship, I would do that. If I could land myself on a spaceship that was like one year away from landing on a planet where you could like drink the water and breathe, then I would definitely be on that spaceship. And um, yeah, I think I would be a pioneer. Yeah, like not necessarily a Wild West pioneer, Although that would be fairly interesting as well, but I would be, or yeah, the other alternative would be to go like way back into some kind of like a very small community system where 
needs were met, you know, and like you could just be like, oh, I have got internal peace from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my thinking. Yeah, but I think like like space. Pioneer. That sounds interesting. That sounds good. A lot of people we speak to, they do say, "I oh, would go back here and here and here," but I think we've only ever had one other person who said, "You know what? I'd go forward." I'd go forward and, and to, into mm. the unknown rather than go back into what we sort of have an idea about. And I think that's... I'm extremely curious. Like 500 years in the future, like what will that look like? I'm, I'm exactly. extremely curious. See, that's that's what I would do. I would go, yeah. I would like to go forward rather than back because, you know, imagine, yeah, and if you're able to come back and you can tell people and that, uh, not get locked up in a mental asylum about what you saw, then that's always a positive <laughs> too. You know, and you can always do the, do the old back to the future thing and, you know, get a couple of winning numbers and sort of been able to live off live off that mm -hmm. for a while. I think that's very good. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm into that too. Yeah. I like it. Great minds think alike. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for answering the icebreaker questions. We like to, it just gets, gets, gets our viewers a chance to get to know our guests and, and, and gives us a chance to get to know you as well. So before we, we dive into everything, tell us all about the world of Deidre Murphy. Um, well, I live in the middle of Dublin and um, I am a musician and I'm also a dance artist and choreographer. Um, or like a lot of my work has been in dance, but now I'm more focused on music. Um, I am a playwright. I do some bits of like sound design and costume design. I have um, taught yoga for a number of years, and then I also taught acro yoga for about 10 years, um, which I stopped doing shortly before the pandemic. Um, and yeah, I've done like acrobatics and aerial work and like worked in circus a bit. And um, I, right now my world, what does my world consist of? My world consists of preparing for the gigs I've got coming up, which is very exciting because I haven't mm -hmm. had a gig in two and a half years. So that's on Excellent. Thursday. That'd be great. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I live with I live with my well, this is actually sort of abstract. I live I have a 19-year-old trans daughter um, who's out of the house right now. She's visiting relatives in Oregon. I've got a non-binary second child who's 17, and um, right now their girlfriend, who's also trans, lives with us. Um, so we are all one big happy family, um, and it's actually going pretty well. Um, they're nice kids, and they are, I think they feel like they're on a good path, um, or they're on the right paths for them, and so that's important. Um, what else does my life look like? My life is quite, I've been really making an effort to be social lately. Um, a lot of my friends have moved out of Dublin, uh, like shortly before the pandemic or during the pandemic. And so I felt, I was really feeling like my social circle had shrunk massively. Like, do I even know anybody anymore at all? Mm. Um, and, uh, but so like the last couple of weeks I have been really making the effort to get out and about. And I have had some very fun times in the last couple of weeks. That's nice. Um, I'm also doing like a big course right now, a nine month course uh, in kind of like thematic coaching, which I'm finding really, really interesting. Um, I am getting a tremendous amount of self-knowledge out of it um, for starters. And it's really, 
is kind of a game changer. Um, so I'm quite into that. Um, that is what my, let's take a little, I think that's a snapshot of my life currently. I can't be bothered <laughs> to cook very much. I eat a lot of smoothies. <laughs> that's not a big thing. Uh, try to keep things relatively clean around here. Yeah. As much as possible. <laughs> yeah. As much yeah. as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering yeah. where all these people that learned how to cook in the pandemic are, because I certainly didn't. Um, I can make toast and that's about it. Um, we have a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful invention. Of, I don't know if you have them over there called an air fryer, which is. Oh, I don't have one yet, but I intend to it get make, one. It makes me yeah. look more <laughs> impressive when I cook dinner because I just chuck a whole bunch of stuff in there, turn it on, put it on a plate, and it looks fancy. So, yeah, I'm not, not much of a cooker <laughs> I'm myself. Get one of those. <laughs> I used to be, but like this, I don't know. I just can't. I just can't be bothered, and it's kind of one of my intentions to do that. In part, as far as like taking care of mm -hmm. myself goes, a little bit more. But now that the kids are older, I'm like, yeah. oh, exactly. Go out into children. the wild and <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Thank you for thank you for that. Yeah. I'll leave it to you now, Jamie. Yeah, you oh, can talk, right, man. That's how it So it's clear you're pretty pretty creative and you've got, you know, lots of different things you do. Do you ever have trouble picking one thing and focusing on one thing or is your head just always bouncing around? No, I do have trouble focusing and picking, like for sure, for sure. And I find it's really, yeah, I'm like I can kind of keep one ball in the air. <laughs> I'm okay with keeping one ball in the air, but uh, but it does get really. Sometimes my attention just goes, and then I don't really get anything done. Um, so yeah, that can be tricky. Like some of it kind of goes together pretty well. Like because so many of the projects I work on have got are really multifaceted, and uh, being like being myself I suppose like I have got to do a lot of the legwork for all of those things like I have to do the website and I have to do like the advertising and I have to do like the, the million other things that are involved that's really like, email 300 people to yeah. promote my new single I've got to like it's, there's, there's a lot to, a lot of admin um and it's sometimes hard to put the creative part on the schedule um and then sometimes it's hard to put the administrative part on the schedule as well. But yeah, I, de I definitely find that if I can take like two or three weeks or a month to just focus on one subject, then that is where I get anything done. Yeah, but other 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 times I end up spinning my wheels. Excellent. Yeah, look, I'm I'm I'm. It's always good to have a lot of things going on at once. Like if if you're anything, you know, I think creative people just tend to, we need to have something going, you know, 24-7. Like me and Jamie are both musicians. Jamie's a writer mm -hmm. as well. You know, we're just, we're, we're literally, there's not enough hours in the day. And I think that's how you know when things are going well, when you're just you're working on so many different things. Um, you know, you don't really get a chance to stop and think sometimes. So mm -hmm. now we're going to move on to Capitalism the Musical. So tell us all about this. Capitalism the musical it's kind of a, it's a definitely like the biggest project mm -hmm. I've ever worked on um and I really got a lot out of working on it I started it was the first music I ever mm -hmm. wrote as well um so that was really extraordinarily nerve-wracking to start to share that 
like I've maybe never been so nervous as the first time I like showed one of those songs to somebody and it was like the person I was collaborating with uh compositionally um music wise on the on the musical and I just was like like every inch of my being was scarlet I think I had to like I think I had to go do handstands like I had to turn upside down in order to deal with it <laughs> um and even to backtrack a little bit from that I did uh uh, I don't know if either of you have ever been through a process of like learning to improvise, but I have been through a couple of different processes of learning to improvise. Like number one was in college in uh, I studied theater and dance, and I did like a music based or like jazz dance based musical improvisation uh, for like, three years. And so like using the body with jazz music as like an instrument. Um, so like they like you could think of it as like playing chords or like having solos or like those basic compositional structures. Um, and it took me probably like three months of not daily classes, but like three oh, wow. times a week classes to even move at all. Like I was just mortified at the thought of having a body <laughs> and like, and expressing with it. It took me, like it paralyzed me and it took me a good long time to figure out that it was okay, I guess. Um, and then similarly, I went through that, a very similar process with the vocal improvisation. Um, and what worked for me there was uh, my friend Regan O'Brien has led, I don't think she's right now, but she has led a, an improvisational vocal ensemble. Um, and so she would give a really good structure to work with. And it was sounding, not just singing. And before then I had like sung in choirs growing up and uh, like in junior high and high school. And so I had like one idea of what my voice could do. And then that really broke it open. So she would give you, for example, <clears throat> like a 10 minute score wherein you had to like have as a group with like 15 people or so you'd have to have like two silences and like you could do like one false start and then you'd have to like have like a duet and you'd have to have a trio mm -hmm. and uh or two solos or whatever the criteria were and she wouldn't time it so you like had to guess collectively what 10 minutes was which pretty much always worked out like within a few seconds which is quite remarkable um so i feel like that process was very similar uh to the learning to improvise with the body um, and I don't really, maybe I would have started writing music uh, mm -hmm. anyway, but I think it would have been a much more like arduous and like long-term process. Um, so I would definitely credit that with helping me to like break something in my brain that allowed something yep. else to come through. Um, so yeah, and then I started writing the musical. I think first I had an image of it as like a ensemble like cabaret style of like a bunch of different acts and not mm -hmm. necessarily congruent. Mm. Um, and then I wrote a monologue, which ended up being the first part of the musical where some fairy godmothers are able to, or make some, introduce the world and make some, make some judgment calls about it. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I do have something here. And I it started off, if you can believe this, it started off as anti-capitalism <laughs> and then a very similar musical developed later capitalism musical yeah. <laughs> um so i think i did i did an early version of that like i think it was to like 2014 um and did a work in progress showing in dance house here which is like the mm -hmm. dance center 
And um, I think it was the first one that ever like booked out. So that was exciting for me. And then Galway Dance Days uh, picked it up. Rihanna O'Neill gave us a couple of grand to work with and the second showing, um, which was about a year later. I think I had just been about to throw in the towel and then that was like a little lifeline. And so that was really lovely. And I got to, that was still anti-capitalism in the musical then. And I got to develop it a lot more. It's like it maybe went from having four songs in the initial showing to six songs in the second showing. Um, and then I started working with uh, the Back Loft, which is a art studio space here and formerly performance space, but now it's just art studios. And we went into kind of a long-term mm -hmm. residency there, um, about a year and a half's worth. And we did the show about four different runs of it. Um, it's acrobatic yeah. musical theater. And there's quite a big cast in it. So there's like, I've divided, I divided it up into essentially three groups, one of which is the superheroes. Um, I see the superhero behind you, very inspiring. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so the superheroes were like the people, they were like the, the common people. Um, and then there was a fairy godmother group who are kind of like three muses, a little bit three witches um, from Macbeth. So there's a little bit surreal and a little bit larger than life and um, narrators. And then like the emperor class. So that was three more people. Um, and we had a live band of five or six people perform with us and they were a joy to work with. Like they were really, like really great. And um, of course lent so much to it. Um, so like the con one of the concepts was that the emperors never touched down. And so they were always like standing on the shoulders or standing on the heads or standing on the backs of the superheroes. Um, and I have rewritten some of it more recently. I've rewritten bits of it where I think there's a little bit more of an answer than there was when I wrote it. Because like, what is the answer to capitalism? Yeah, like, that's a that's a that's a big one. And I didn't have as like a now. <laughs> I didn't have as clear an idea when I was writing it, but I knew that the answer was like based mm -hmm. in compassion, or like the answer yeah. was based in love. Um, and now I would frame that as uh, I think that the answer has got to be has got to be like an individual transformation mm -hmm. of consciousness. Yeah, the musical itself, like it did really well in Dublin. Um, and then we toured, we were invited um, to do a tour of Italy um, through like a series of squats that did like a series, you know, how like punk punk bands kind of do like yeah. networks. Yeah. Uh, so it was like this. And we went to, like, we took 19 people plus like a baby <laughs> tour, baby, to uh, yeah, a couple of different places in Italy and performed there. And that was really great like it was extremely right. fun um like really wonderful people <laughs> people were singing all of the time all of the time except for some of the musicians were just mortified <laughs> and everybody singing all of the time there's a little like <laughs> what's happening there oh those people no dignity but <laughs> no we didn't yet <laughs> Um, and then we came back here to the Galway Theatre Festival, um, which was really good as well. And then I didn't, I couldn't at that time, like figure out a way mm -hmm. forward for it. Um, and I now am planning to get back to it in a serious way uh, after I have released the album that I'm, that I'm working toward releasing. 
Um, but I think I want to use that as like a little, like whatever leg to stand on that gives me, I want to use that as like a leg up too, because it'll just I don't know, bring me into more people's awareness, yeah. I suppose. Um, and then I want to launch it from there. Um, so I really am keen to like mm -hmm. record the soundtrack. Another idea for it is to um, mm -hmm. make a picture book out of it, which is yeah. really like a cool idea. It was actually a friend of mine's idea, um, but I think I'm going to run with it because then you could do like, I don't know if you all had, but I had like records when I was little that were like Aesop's Fables. Oh, yes, yes, I remember that. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's kind of what I would like to do with, with it, with one of the things I'd like to do with it. And then I'd also like to get it to Broadway. Yes. And then, because obviously that's going to bring yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Broadway. You know, Broadway, if you're listening <laughs> or watching, get on board. Get on board now. <laughs> exactly. Can't go wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, you never know who's watching sometimes. It could be 3 a.m. in the morning. You never do. It could be, could be, could be a Broadway producer saying, I need a new show, having a drink and Aww. watching this. It does sound great. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we can do. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was a big mm. cast and it was kind of a rotating cast through the through the different times of it. Um, and like that was probably the most lasting benefit because I know so many people who like there was just a lot of love in the project and I know so many people who made like best friends through the musical. And sometimes it seems like everybody in Dublin was in the musical. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't technically true, but there was a lot of people who, who went through yeah. it and uh, so it was beautiful community builder. Oh, it would have been. Really it would nice. have been. And I guarantee you, everyone's probably keen to get back into it too, you know. So that'd be mm, really good definitely. if you could, if, if it, you know, you, you, you're taking the break. Obviously, you mentioned you're working on an album at the moment. Is that right? Did you want to tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about that? I am, I am. I do, yeah. But first, mm -hmm. actually, I was just reminded of a story, which was uh, uh a friend of mine, acquaintance of mine, who saw the musical several times when it was running, because um, definitely like we had repeat audiences yeah. come back and back and back. Um, but he did say to me like when he okay. lives in Lebanon now, and uh, he emailed me like after there was so mm -hmm. much unrest there, and like people were really taking the streets, and he said that several times he had shown like what what's yeah. online of the musical or what's public of the musical mm. to his friends there before they went out to take the streets just for like a point of inspiration and to like oh, wow. touch in which i found really moving like really great because it's been a few years and um it was really amazing to hear that it was like happening oh, wow. on the ground in that moment like still it was lasting so that, that would have been cool. very empowering mm. Oh. Yeah, it was really, it was really powerful for me to hear. Oh. Yeah, and people are still asking about it as well. So, I have faith that I know its audience is out there. It's probably a little fringe, but I know I know its its audience is out there because yeah, oh, hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. You know, if you ever come, if you ever bring it to Australia, I guarantee you, me and Jamie be front row center. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> we love <laughs> musicals. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's. I mean, that's that that kind of let me speak to it. The that story there, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's just. I couldn't imagine, like, as a songwriter myself, not for many many years now, but imagine hearing something like that, and and you know that it's having an effect on someone so far away mm -hmm. in a time of crisis. 
I mean, wow, mm. that's just yeah, insane. That, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, even now, I got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. That's just yeah. so powerful. <laughs> that's awesome. I just, I hope he's doing well at the moment. That's great. Mm. Do you want to lead in with the next part, Jamie? Oh, you're going to yes. tell us yes. about this album that you're working on? I will, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been working on it for, I've been working toward it for a long time. Um, I kind of stopped gigging for about six months before the pandemic, so I could really yeah. try to focus on it. Um, and so it is a collection of nine songs. First, it was going to be an EP, and then it was going to be a different variations of it. But finally, finally, I got, I got songs that sound mm-hmm. enough like each other. That I felt like they were coherent as an album because otherwise it was like because I do my music sounds like a lot of different things I do like uh like computery things and then I do I have like a loop station and guitar and bass and like all kinds of different so they just sound very very varied and then I do like quite traditional like classical singing as well um and then I do wilder things I guess um so really happy to get a collection of songs that, that sound coherent um, and I would call mm-hmm. it orchestral folk um, so there's like guitar uh, vocals backing vocals um, cello stand up bass piano trumpet uh, mandolin violin mm-hmm. uh, percussion and I worked with Oliver Ryan making it uh, who's like just down the road from me and I think he's a genius right? like so he produced the album um, and I'm really I feel like it sounds just like me, only a little <laughs> bit better. <laughs> like a little bit beyond what I could have made it sound like. Um, so I'm really happy with that. Um, I released a single from it just about a year ago, the first single, um, which is Phenomenally Women, which is a version of Maya Angelou's mm-hmm. poem, Phenomenal Woman. Um, so that was really exciting for me. It was the first thing, the first thing I'd released. And um, to work with her foundation on that was really cool, Cage Bird Legacy. Um, so I felt really honored just to be part of that. Um, and the song is really cute. There's another, like, there's another version of it coming out on the album as well, like an, a further refinement of it. That's even more exciting. Um, but it's such a lovely poem and that it's just like, it's a really, it's just really rich and rewarding, I guess, to work with the text. Um, and then my second single just came out about two months ago. Um, which is called Hands Down. You can find them both on Spotify and on YouTube because um, the videos are lovely. And um, and then the next one I've got coming up is called Million Sins. And I wrote it about, <clears throat> I wrote it about, I don't know if you remember, there was a ship uh, in the Mediterranean that had 53 people on it that was rescued uh, by a woman called Carola Rakete. It was part of Sea Watch. And she was quite famous because she couldn't find port. Um, in a few different places and then pulled up illegally to port in Italy and was arrested mm. um, and was held, I think she was held for a couple of months and then she got off eventually without without uh, further ado, you know, she was released. And I wrote, the song was inspired by that, although it's not exactly about that. Um, and we're working on making the music video for that. So interestingly, I worked on a project last summer as a choreographer. Um, which was my friend Jenny McDonald's project with uh, her group Solo Sirens, which is like a really, I think, really open-hearted, amazing theater making process. Um, and she works with a really diverse group of people and she invited me to do the choreography for it. 
partially because it just so happened to turn out that the myth that she was working with is like a, a Irish origin myth. And the myth is like Kesser is the main character and she's like okay. Noah's granddaughter. And mm -hmm. built the arcs and she didn't get on the ark. She wasn't allowed on the ark. And so she built her own arcs yeah. and she built three arcs with 150 women. And um, then at the very last moment when they were all about to set sail, three men came along and were like, can we get on? And uh, they, they were relatives, so they were allowed on. <laughs> and then they set sail from North Africa uh, toward wherever, toward wherever they were, were trying to get to. And they lost two ships along the way. And so it happened that 53 people landed on the shores of Ireland, which was just coincidentally the oh, same wow. as the song I had written. Uh -huh. um, so like, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. So we sang, I sang that song for them on the beach when we were doing like a recce or like a, a reconnaissance trip. And, um, and so there was a nice footage taken then. And then I think, so we're going to be able to use, and then the, the project itself was really beautiful. Like it was really successful. They did actually, like they got a hundred different stories uh, from women on all the mm -hmm. different continents. Um, that there was a sound installation as part of it. And it was just fascinating. Like it was really cool. Um, <clears throat> there was strong physicality. And then there was like, you would just go in and listen to like one story at a time or it was really neat. Um, so now we're using the footage from that to make the music video. And then actually I'm looking for more sort of on the ground mm -hmm. footage as well, looking for more footage like that might yeah, be from boats or be specifically more alluding to the refugee crisis, which is of course like a pan refugee crisis, like it's happening yeah. everywhere in so yeah. many capacities. Um, so that's the next song that's coming out. And then I think I've got one more, which I am a little hesitant to do. It's got a beautiful music video that's already made. It's a very wordy song. It's very introspective. And I'm like, is that the best song to put out? But I guess it's the next one that I've got. <laughs> And I think it's one of the best songs I've ever written, but also it has so many words. And, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be yeah, well, fine. I, think, I think Bohemian Rhapsody Ooh. was very controversial when that came oh, that's out. True. So. Yeah. And that, look, that song didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah. 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 It's never been replicated anywhere. Or, you I, know. I, don't, I don't hear it in karaoke bars at all. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. So there you go. Very rarely. This is a good point. I think I think if the message is there and the message is powerful, then it doesn't matter how many, you know, mm. how long, how many words, how many anything. words I had to take. Right, right, right. Not at all, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. So, well, so when when is the uh, have you got a release date for the album as of yet? Uh, not no? exactly, but I'm thinking okay, September. Excellent. Yeah, probably September. Excellent. And that'll be out on your normal Apple Music, Spotify, all those kind of things. Yeah, all those kind excellent. of things. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It will be great. And I'm very excited. Like right now I've, I've got solo gigs lined up, which is yep. really exciting for me, um, but also a little nerve wracking. And um, so I'm really looking forward to like getting a band mm -hmm. together like for the for the album release. Um, that will be amazing. I can't, well, I can't we'll have to have you back on just before the album comes out, just get a bit of it. Yeah, oh, get, a, get a bit of extra yeah. promotion out there, and and you know that's what we're trying to do. We're we're you know we're in it to help people out. You know we're not we're not in it for any kind of you know fame or fortune or anything. We just want to get people's stories out. Um, 
Yeah, hundred percent. We just we have we we have would happily have you back just before the album comes out and see if we can get some more promotion drummed up for you. Excellent. So, so we look forward to that in September. Uh, are you working on anything else at the moment? Not that, not that that's not at the musical I, um, and the album is not a lot already, but, you know, is there anything else you'd like to have a <laughs> chat about and let our listeners know about that you're working on? Uh, there's nothing else creative necessarily mm-hmm. that I'm working on, except for I'm working on, like I teach handstanding as part of, uh, mm-hmm. part of how I make my money. Um, and so I've got some handstanding clients, I've got space for a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got, um, I'm working, mm-hmm. I'm teaching a retreat in October, which will be kind of yoga, massage, meditation, movement, like dancing, singing, um, basically like all the things that I think that like humans mm-hmm. thrive when they do. Um, so mm-hmm. like a, and also coaching as well. Um, so some sort of, yeah, I think it'll just be quite magical. And uh, like I've taught a couple before and we do really, I've come across really interesting structures uh, that I like to use, for example, sort of a speed dating structure, um, only you call it speed meeting because it's not necessarily dating oriented, where you get to explore a topic. Um, So like the different ones I've done are like, so you can talk for 15 minutes as a group about the chosen topic. And like in the past, I've done heroism. um, And then I've done like one that it was like polyamory. um, And, but I didn't leave that one. And uh, another was called My First Time. And that could have been sex. It could have been whatever else. And it was like, it was a great variety of things. Um, and then spirituality was the last one that I did. Um, so you have 15 minutes to talk about a topic. And then you meet, the, you find one partner and talk for five minutes about the, about the subject. And you each form one question that you want and then that you want to have answered to you want to ask people and then you go around and you talk to everybody and have the question answered and answer your question mm. in three minutes and um that's a really insightful way to get to yeah. know somebody like you really feel like yeah you really feel like something you've learned something yeah about yourself and about the other people so that kind of like i would call that like a, a cultural practice or something like that so it's something to like yeah. Re-examine uh, will be part of that as well. Excellent. How can people get in touch with you if they're if they're interested in 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 doing this retreat with you? Um, I suppose through my website would be the best way, JoJoMurphy.net. Excellent. And you said that's in yeah. going to be around right about October this year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's probably everybody who's listening to this possibly is quite far away anyway. But it's good. Like, it's an eco retreat with like a hot tub and it's off grid and it's like close to Dublin and it's just gorgeous. I think they've had that property for 30 years and like we're the first to like first to go off grid probably in Ireland. Like had solar power in oh, the nineties wow. and they've got like a horse and a donkey and like they planted a forest and like I that's like that's on my bucket yeah. list. Okay. I want to plant a forest. There you go. Mm. I would feel I would feel really good about that. <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. But yeah, so if you're listening and that's it, and you're in obviously in the area in in Ireland, and that sounds interesting, make sure you hit up Deirdre on her website and get in some. I would love to do it. It's just it's just going to cost about ten grand for me to come over, and um, you know, 
That's right. Next time, next time, next time, next <laughs> time, my wife goes over. I'll just smuggle. I'll just go on the suitcase and I'll tell her, "Why don't you go around in October? I'll take some time off work and come to your retreat." That's going to be amazing. Oh, just, I feel relaxed just hearing you talking yeah. about it. Imagine what it would be like to be there. Seriously, like that's just, I love stuff <laughs> like lovely, that. I absolutely love stuff. Yeah, that's why I go up to when I can. I go up to Jamie's to do these recordings. It's just unfortunately it's a weeknight and um, I've got work in the morning. But I feel like that I can go outside at Jamie's house. He's got a forest for a backyard. Yeah, mm, you literally yeah. go out mm. the back of his house, and it's a it's a forest as far as you can see. So calm and mm, relaxing. So amazing. Around yeah. the whole town. Amazing. So, I love oh, the trees. Just, you know, back when I was younger, it was like, I, would, I could never live in the mountains and not do without all these things. And now I just can't get up there enough, you know? Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so make sure if you're in the area, go for me. Go for the retreat. Go and relax for me. Have a spa <laughs> for me. Play with a donkey for me because I love animals. I'm a massive animal. Mm. So. <laughs> Swim in the hot tub. There's yeah. even a pond as well as a hot tub. It's great. Yeah, very little could go I, wrong. I, I do not <laughs> doubt that for a second. Uh, well, thank you. We just want to say thank you again for taking the time to talk to us today. Before we do let you go, um, obviously you play, you've got the album, you've got the musical that hopefully will be coming back soon. Um, you know, obviously you're starting the gig again, which is amazing. And me and Jamie being being old, not so much anymore. I We didn't have to, unfortunately stop gigging because of COVID, but I have a lot of friends who did and a lot of friends who are actually super excited <laughs> and they're just starting to get out there and play shows again. So good luck with all the shows. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I think <laughs> so. Got to practice exactly, for two more days. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I think people, people are just generally going to be in a great mood to be out there seeing live music. Like I, I cannot wait to get out there and just start watching bands again so you get you're already on the front foot and then obviously with your talent as well people are going to be going home happy i can i can predict that now oh definitely so where can people find out about your gigs and you know obviously you've mentioned your website but are you on any of the social media uh, i wish i don't even have the gigs oh, on there you now go. that you are you on any of the socials plugging the yes, gigs you can look at my website like um, it's Deirdre Murphy Music on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And then it's Deirdre is Dancing on Twitter. Um, I don't use Twitter all that much. And uh, so, yeah, probably Instagram would be the best the best place to look Excellent. me up. Cool. I'll be Deirdre sure to put that in the show notes. And um, thank, you. thank you so much for coming on, Deirdre. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for No, for no problems me. at all. Yeah. And guys, make sure you go and check out, uh, is it DeirdreMurphy.net? See, I do listen sometimes. Yeah, Jamie will attest. I never even get our email address right. So there you go. Uh, make sure you jump <laughs> on and check out everything Deirdre Murphy. And hopefully we'll have you back on um, just before the album drops. I would love that. That would be great. Wonderful. Yeah. See you next time, guys.
Hello listeners and watchers, Jamie here. I just wanted to take a second to let you know that I too am an author, and I have two books of my own. One, Letters from the Emu War. Based on a real-life event, it tells the story of the time when the Australian Army declared war on 20,000 flightless birds and lost. This book is written from the perspective of those who won. And two, Bucks Night. First in a trilogy of novellas, it's about a medieval-themed Bucks party that is interrupted by the zombie apocalypse. You can find them both on Amazon by following the links in the show notes.